Live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Live at Marta. Welcome everyone, live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Live at Marta. My name is Vanessa and my co-hosts today are Maria, Lily and Monique. Our special guest today is Kate Sherburn. Hi Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, so first question, what is um, Who Gives a Crap? Like, do you mind explaining what the business is? Sure. So Who Gives a Crap is essentially a toilet paper company, but it's a little bit different. Um, it's a direct-to-consumer product, so we sell online. And we have a profit-for-purpose model, which means we sell a product that everybody needs, like toilet paper, but we donate 50% of those profits to charities that ultimately help work towards our goal, which is to ensure that everyone on earth has access to a toilet and safe water. Um, what is your involvement in the business? So I'm the in-house lawyer here. Um, my role is actually head of legal, but my official job title is legal beagle because we like to do things a little bit differently. <laughs> um, how did you like get into becoming a lawyer for a business? So I fell into law a little bit. I um, needed to pick up an extra subject when I was going into year 12 and legal studies was one of the few back then that you could do unit three and four without having done unit one and two. So I started doing legal studies and discovered that I really loved it and I decided to do law at uni. Um, I... While I was at uni, I went in-house at what was then Cadbury Schweppes to work as a paralegal in their legal team. And I really liked being a lawyer within a business. I did then go and work in private practice for a few years. Um, but then, or oh, about six years ago now, I moved back in-house. During um, COVID, did you suffer from any of the toilet paper shortages? Um so it was a very interesting time during COVID. Yeah. We were watching all of the supermarkets sell out of toilet paper products and we thought, well, that's not going to happen to us. And then a few days later we had to mark our store as sold out because we'd sold out as well. So funnily enough, I think despite the fact we had run out of stock, it actually made us busier. It sort yeah. of posed a whole extra layer of challenge on top of what was an already busy and sort of uncertain time. Yeah, um, where did your brand name idea come from? <laughs> so our, our CEO and co-founder, he, he had the idea to have a company that donated a portion of its profits to sort of solve a problem but he knew that toilet paper was a pretty boring product to try and sell. You had to have something that made it a little bit more interesting. And he said one day he walked into a bathroom and had a quarter second epiphany where it was just like, it's going to be called Who Gives a Crap? <laughs> and they, they've really embraced it. I'm um, just going back to the fact that the company actually gives back to charities and things like that and seeing that um, communities that don't have access to toilets, what was it like with your business scene? the effects of that during COVID? Yeah, it, it was also, I mean, pre-COVID, we went on impact trips. So we actually got to experience firsthand what it was like um, 
a couple of years ago, the whole team went to Cambodia and they all got food poisoning and really appreciated what it, how, necessarily, how necessary toilets were at that time. Mm-hmm. But we saw how difficult it was here just when you couldn't buy toilet paper and it really put into perspective how what people's lives are when they don't have access to basic sanitation. When we, all of the measures that we were taking, you know, washing our hands, they didn't have clean water. So it added that extra layer of complexity to it. The charity partners that we work with, they're in this space. Mm-hmm. They all jumped into action mm-hmm. and took some really good steps to try and help solve the you know, already numerous challenges that they were facing in these areas. Yeah, um, what are some struggles you would face um, working at Who Gives a Crap? When I first started, I was the first person in the legal team. Oh, oh, yeah. So it was sort of a case of they didn't know what they didn't know. And so you would pick up a rock and you'd find eight more rocks. And so the to-do list just continually got bigger and bigger. I've now built out a team, so we've got a few more people working on these sort of issues now. But I think one of the big things is when you're working for a business that you're really passionate about, it can be really easy for it to become a little bit consuming, particularly during lockdown. I have two young children and the normal cues that you would have when you're not in lockdown, you know, picking them up from school or taking them to swimming lessons. They weren't there, which meant that it was really easy for the day to continue. And that that sort of one, one thing that a lot of us face is to actually make sure that you do have some separation between work and home and making sure that you don't spend your entire time working. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Um, what were some other challenges that you faced in this career and, like, how did you get through them? I think a really big one was I always knew I wanted to go in-house and work as a lawyer within a business. But when I was starting out, that wasn't something that was talked about. Even when I was at uni, they only ever spoke about going into private practice and working in a law firm. I could have told you on my second day that's not where I wanted to be. <laughs> and I think a few times I really thought about going and doing something completely different. But I I approached it in this may not be where I want to be, but what skills can I gain here that will help me in the future? And so when I settled in the practice group that I ended up in, I chose one that I thought would have the most transferable skills to take with me into an in-house role. Um, what you named, you said that you donated um, some like to charities. What charities did you donate to? So we have a number of charity partners that we work with. They're based all over the globe and we have a head of impact that manages all of those relationships. We actually have a charity that um, within our business um, that manages all of those donations. But they're all charities that specialise in this area. So Water Aid Australia is one that people may have heard of. Um, there's another one called Sanergy, uh, Water for People. They all have work sort of community-led 
charities where they work within the communities to help, not <laughs> with long-term solutions. One of the big things that is seen in the sanitation space is well-meaning partners go in and they might build a toilet but they don't equip the community on how to manage that. So then the toilet fills, it has to get closed off and then another toilet gets built and so you end up with these toilet graveyards. And so all of the partners that we work with, they actually work with the communities themselves um, so that if there is a problem, they know how to fix it. If they need parts, they have access to the supply chain that um, means that they can get those parts. So um, apart from, because you guys donate the money, is there anything else that Who Gives a Crap does that's different to other toilet paper companies? I mean, we probably have more toilet jokes than most toilet paper companies. Um, I think one of the, another aspect of the business is we really value sustainability. And so all of our products are either recycled or bamboo and even little things like we have we sell tissues and when I first started like most tissue boxes have a little bit of plastic on the top and we were so determined to get rid of that plastic because we didn't want plastic in our products I can remember like testing how many you know they tested how many tissues had to be in a tissue box so that you could still get them out without that little plastic bit (laughs) and so now all of our products are completely plastic free um where launching a new product range soon and uh, so much work has gone into that to make sure that they're all sustainable materials and sustainable packaging um, to make sure that we are not making the world a worse place. (laughs) Who comes up with the jokes on the sides of the boxes and stuff like that? That that is our amazing copyright team. They are... um, I don't know where they come up with it, but uh, we all tip our hat because often we will read the emails ourselves and um, share. We have a Slack channel called Kudos where we will share when we think people have done an amazing job yeah. and often their emails that go out get shared in that Kudos channel because of the feedback we've received from them. Awesome. Um, how did you get the position at the job? So it was a somewhat random um thing we had um uh they were looking to get a an in-house lawyer but at the time they were quite small there was only about 50 people in the business which was quite early on to get a dedicated legal resource and they didn't really know what that role looked like so one of the people that worked they reached out to his friend who worked in a law firm and said hey do you know anyone that works in-house that could tell us what we're looking for and my friend reached out to me and said would you mind having a chat to this company about what an in-house lawyer does so I jumped on a zoom call it was my first zoom call I'd ever had I now look back and think how quaint that I'd, I'd never been on a zoom call given how much of the last couple of years I spent on zoom but he explained what the business was like and the sort of thing that they thought they were looking for um, he shared the job description with me and I got off that phone call and thought, I have to work here. And so when the job went live, I applied for it. Um, what do you think some of the main aspects of the business that like attract people to your products? I think we don't take ourselves too seriously. 
that there's sort of a and I think there's an element of sort of Australian larrikin humour, which Australians like, and the other geographies that we work in kind of don't really understand or think that it's um they sort of think it's funny without necessarily fully understanding it. But it's bright, it's colourful, we're very transparent in terms of how we approach things and what we do and it's pretty much you get what you see. There's definitely a change in consumer sentiment. They want their businesses to be doing more. They don't just want um, these sort of corporate conglomerates and so the fact that we do have a purpose behind our business, I think that's also got appeal. And how much of like your products get sold overseas or is it just in Australia? No, so we started out in Australia, but in 2017 we launched the US and the UK and a couple of years ago we launched into Europe as well. Um, In the industry, have you found like any difficulties with like in your gender, like people overlooking you or like in this career? Yes. <laughs> um, not where I am now, thankfully, and I am seeing things change. But when I was in private practice, I was in an all-male team and I, I was the first person to go um, to work part-time. So I had uh, 12 months off when I had my daughter and I came back and I was working three days a week and they just didn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> um, you were expected to be able to commit fully to your workplace and you almost had to pretend that you didn't have you know, other commitments. That was not something that I was willing to stand for. <laughs> and so um, once I left, the what I was really looking for was a sort of more supportive environment. I'm very pleased to say that private practice is not like things are changing um, but there are certainly businesses out there that do not have those barriers <laughs> at all and where I am now is one of them. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Be Like Her live on Live at Marta, live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia. My name is Vanessa and my co-hosts today are Maria, Lily and Minnick. Our special guest today is Kate Sherman. Um, so with your business, um, you're selling online, right? I was just wondering about why you chose why the business has chosen to sell online and not go into supermarkets like Coles or Woolies. So originally the plan was that they would go into supermarkets. It's incredibly difficult to get into supermarkets. The ultimate goal was always that they would try and that's where they would end up. And when they were starting out, in truth, they didn't really know what they were doing and they needed to raise money to to run their first production. And so they thought the best way to do this is actually via an Indiegogo campaign because then they've raised the money but they've also got a pool of customers. They discovered in that process that actually people would buy toilet paper online, which is something that they thought wasn't going to be possible. And so they sort of ran with that. Um, We have branched a little bit into retail in terms of we sell into independent IGAs and things like that. Um, but the direct-to-consumer model actually works really well. People have discovered the benefit of not having to log a 48 box of toilet paper home from the supermarket. 
Well, what are some of the struggles that you think the business has faced itself? I think because there is that added level of we are working towards something bigger than ourselves, you can actually be put a little bit more to question than some other businesses. Um, ultimately, I think that's a good thing that consumers ask more from the companies that they buy from, but it certainly means that you have to be really conscious, I suppose, of how you communicate and to make sure that you are really transparent in what you do. Um, if your brand is not like on the shelf at supermarkets, are you relying on word of mouth to for people to find out about your brand? So for the first quite a few years, it was entirely word of mouth. They did very little advertising spend. These days there is advertising behind the business, um, but that's sort of mainly through Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and things like that. Um, we had our first billboard campaign uh, the year before last um, and it was such a big thing for us that the whole Melbourne team went into the city and stood under the Flinders Street clocks and took photos of the billboard <laughs> that was up there. Um, but like we haven't done TV. I think they've done one radio ad sort of trying a few different things. But mainly, I mean, word of mouth is such a big thing. If somebody that you trust and respect gives you a recommendation, you're more likely to believe that than a business saying, hey, we're amazing, buy our product. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So overall, what would you say has been a career highlight? I think working at Who Gives a Crap really is a pretty big career highlight. It's a company that I'm really passionate about and it's a really supportive environment. But within that, in 2020, we made a donation of $5.85 million dollars and wow. to be part of that, even though the legal team, you know, we're not selling products, we're not sort of making the profits, to know that you've played a part in that's pretty amazing. Definitely, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what would you say to someone who is trying to be more environmentally friendly but loves sorbent paper? <laughs> uh, I think you need to try it. <laughs> um, I've converted a few people uh, just by offering them a roll of one of our toilet paper, uh, sort of roll of our toilet paper. Um, one of the really big things we say is we want to be environmentally friendly but it also has to be a good product. <laughs> Otherwise people aren't going to use like They might buy it once but they're never going to use it again. And when you look at our returning customers, uh, there's got to be more to it than just the environmental aspect. No, I've tried it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I saw it in a holiday house. And when I was looking up your LinkedIn, I saw the um, the photo of the who gives the crap. And I was like, oh, my God, wait, I've seen that. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> That's all we have time for today. Thank you to our guest, um, Kate. It's been great and a pleasure to talk to you today. Live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Be Like Her Live on Live at Marta. My name is Vanessa and my co-hosts today were Maria, Lily and Monique. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have found the information today useful. Until next time, have a great day. Celebrating female role models across our community, live from Marta Christie College in Melbourne, Australia, you're listening to Be Like Her Live on Live at Marta.